You're listening to Artistic Finance, show 144. On today's show, I chat with lighting designers Kent Sprague and Luther Frank of the Sovereign Candle Collective. We discuss previs stations, how much they cost, the software and hardware needed, and tips and tricks to help you previs. Before we get started, I want to boast about one of our Patreon patrons. Now you may think we get it, Ethan, you want everyone in the world to become an artistic finance patron. And that's true. But listen, the artistic finance patrons are superstars. This week, the Drama Desk Award nominations came out. Now, this happens every year and has happened since 1955. And being nominated is a significant distinction for American theater. Now, this year is special because one of our artistic finance patrons, Heather Gilbert, was nominated for Best Lighting Design of a Musical. That musical is Parade, which is currently playing at the Jacobs Theater on Broadway. Congratulations, Heather. It couldn't have gone to a more deserving designer. Now, we all know that correlation does not equate to causation, but just in case there is a connection between being an artistic finance patron and being nominated for a Drama Desk Award, you should consider becoming a patron. Of course, you'll also be in really good company and you'll be supporting the work that I do here at Artistic Finance. So if you want to join up, do that at patreon.com slash artistic finance. As you listen to today's episode, you may hear some background clanking. We recorded the episode at the Sovereign Candle Collective office, and I unknowingly set the microphones next to the radiator. Without further ado, let's get to the show. You're listening to Artistic Finance Podcast, where your host, Ethan Steimel, interviews successful artists, leaders, and investors to help educate and inspire artists to grow their wealth. Welcome, and thank you for listening. I'm your host, Ethan Steimel, and today I welcome the Sovereign Candle Collective to the show. We have Kent Sprague, lighting designer, hey. and Luther Frank, lighting designer. Hey. Uh, welcome, welcome. Um, we're recording this on February 24th, 2023, and first off, can we... Well, actually, let's mention that we're broadcasting from Sovereign Candle Collective offices in the heart of New York City. And where is the heart? Is it Staten Island? Is it the Bronx? Where oh, are man, we? our Staten Island office. That'll have to come later. Yeah, finding the heart is a little hard. Uh, just yesterday, I, t- I told somebody else, throw a knife at Manhattan, and wherever it hits, that's the center, because, you know, you get a lot of opinions. But... Uh, we are two blocks south of Penn Station, yep. which is a pretty pretty damn close to Denver. Near center. the knife at yeah. the center. Yep. Yes. <laughs> Spinning difference from downtown, midtown, you know, walking distance, I'd argue, from Chelsea and Broadway, right? Yep. Amazing. So. All right. So first thing, uh, can you tell me a little bit about yourselves? And I guess somebody just briefly say what Sovereign Candle is, and then also just a little bit about yourself. Sure. Um, so I'm Kent. Um, I've been... Um, I guess in lighting for probably 15, 16 years now. I started when I was too young to get paid officially. Um, (laughs) So yeah, I've worked um, kind of through all facets of um, entertainment so far. Uh, I've worked as an electrician. I've worked as a programmer for um, like off-Broadway musicals, regional work. I've also worked as a designer. I've done drafting. You know, I I kind of try to keep myself in everything. 
So, and you want to know a little bit about Sovereign Candle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, so we're a design collective. We um, we work uh, together with, we've got some, you know, core members, we have partners, but we also have a um, large network of varied artists. Uh, we have connections with uh, programmers, sound designers, system engineers, lots of great people who can really help us uh, put on a full production and kind of design anything that comes across our plate. We've uh, we've been growing this for um, several years now. Yeah, yeah and I, you I, probably have some. Yeah, and I can here. I can maybe wrap up Sovereign Candle and then talk more about myself. But yeah, I'm Luther Frank, and so Sovereign Candle, you know, everything that Kent said is accurate. But it is it's an artistic collective which includes lighting designers, sonographers, artists of all kinds. At its core, it's a little bit more focused on achieving some of the ethical goals our society has been talking about the last decades. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And because we're young and because of the pandemic and that we've been able to be a little bit more ethics forward than I think, a little more agile on those points than I think a lot of other companies have been able to. I've actually heard a lot of other design firms say they were envious of that. Like, I wish I could restart and yeah. I could wish I could reestablish how I deal with my clients and my personnel with those thoughts in mind. And now everything's so rigid. So we're still very young and fluid and open. And we're trying to create a, a collective that advances everyone in it. Yes. And and I actually heard you on the Light Talk podcast, yeah. and that was one of my takeaways from that show was like the ethical pay structure Good. is like absolutely because it because it is hard. Like business and ethics is challenging at times. Obviously, business. But you know, there's there's jokes <laughs> in media about how those are you know you know antonyms. Yeah, and, yeah. and they don't go together. But and, there is a way to do it right. But for now, um, yeah, I'm Luther Frank. You know, I'm a born and raised Florida man. And had been in recovery from that for about 15 years. Good. Uh, I would just like to point out that everybody here except for me <laughs> is either from true. Florida or has spent time Florida adjacent. And um, you've had to do your time in Florida. That's true. I did well. have to spend a year in Florida. So, But I don't think anyone was truly core Florida man like I was. It's true. So we're here today because the collective has opened up a previous studio. And Kent, you joined us because you sort of took the lead on that. Yeah. I'm going to admit, I have never set up a previs station, so the a questions people, I'm going to ask yeah, are going to be very, very basic. So, all right, ready for the first one? I'm ready. What is a previs station? It can be several things, because um, it's kind of a spectrum. Um, a previs station can be as simple as you sitting with your laptop on your couch building an idea, but... Uh, the more traditional thing that people think of is more is often a uh, computer that it has some decent graphics power, often some kind of uh, control surface uh, for for lighting, so usually a console and a large screen, so you can actually see what you're doing. So that's that's kind of the more traditional thing, and that's that is what we've built here. I want to stress that it's not just that. <laughs> so pre, uh, yeah, so we can get well. More well, okay. That. So I have a laptop and yes. I have pre-queued, but no visualization. So mm-hmm. I'm halfway there. You're halfway there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pre-programming on laptops and, and traveling devices is one thing, but we'll get into this. There's a lot of software nowadays that you don't need a console, you don't need uh, any programming or DMX to do some great renderings on the fly to communicate some ideas while traveling. Mm. And it depends what your end goal is, and I think we'll probably talk about that too, but I mean, there's so many different ways to use Previs. It can be used to sell things, it can be used as a programming tool for you technically, and it can be used um, to help convince artistic concept so it kind of depends what your goal is with the pre-visualization it's worth pointing out that pre-visualization also encompasses rendering it encompasses pre-programming there's a lot of words for this yeah but it's basically 
any form of pre-production communication, whether that communication is down the tech chain towards master electricians or programmers or nitty-gritty tech stuff, or if it's up the chain or around the chain to producers, salespeople, directors. Investors. To, to investors to sell <laughs> concepts or to negotiate ideas. Yeah. So there's a broad... Well, yeah, because when case. we were prepping for this, I said, I've never done previs ever. And... Luther, you and I went to grad school together, and you right. said, well, "Yes, you have. Yeah, I've you seen have. your, I've seen, yes. your renderings. I've seen your renderings." You know? <laughs> and it's like you know that even if you didn't pre-programming, that rendering was a visualization, you know? right? And it was used right. on the director front usually in that case, right? And if you you know careers will take you in many different directions. Whether or not rendering and visualization is a part of that workflow today doesn't necessarily mean it won't be tomorrow. And I think I was super attracted to getting this built into my workflow because all of the career endpoints I looked at pre-visualization and programming in advance is playing a huge role yeah. in rock yeah. and roll, Olympics, art installations. So much of that now is happening in advance of actual production right. yeah. that it, to me it seemed very important to start. And so nowadays, my workflow is full of it. It, it can even be an educational tool. In that yes. Sense. Yeah. You want to learn how to use a console, but you don't have access to 100 moving lights. Well, you mm -hmm. do in your previs and for well, and we've one had, one hundredth the cost. We've had install things where people just ask, is this possible? And myself or Brandon is like, you know, I don't know. Let give us give us a half hour and we'll go punch this in and, and figure it out. So right. just having those tools available. Okay, yeah. I mean I definitely would like it because, you know, as you guys know, I'm I'm moving into academia, hopefully. If anyone wants to hire me. <laughs> um but I was thinking, well, how am I? I'm going to teach these people, and mm -hmm. I don't know any previous stuff. So now it's on my brain, as in, like, right. I, you know, because it is such a handy tool. Well, like, you're going to know soon. Yeah, you, I'm going to know. You are, and I, you know, as <laughs> for any educators listening and for any students listening, there, there's a huge push for this. Uh, one of my first explorations into previs was in grad school. You had already left, I believe, but it was for the Hog Factor competition that has mm -hmm. since either gone on a hiatus or might be over. I'm not entirely sure. But that was light converse in my in my room with no console for weeks and weeks and weeks without any support from the school. Not any support. Steve let me go. Like, he <laughs> but, but, it's, but by comparison, Steve now has a great program. This is at SMU now has a great program with a lot more equipment on this front and a lot more resources deployed there. But when I went to the competition, the other schools, Webster and Carnegie Mellon, had entire classes dedicated to Previs. Yeah. They had yeah. entire suites yeah. and hardware yeah. and time. Yeah. And I was, I was very jealous and envious. I bet some of them rented and, in consoles for yeah. them to pre-program. And, and after judging that, uh, that competition a couple years later and now talking with the schools and the manufacturers throughout the pandemic, there's a wide gap in accessibility. I'm concerned by that and I'm doing what I can to make it more accessible at LDI, mm -hmm. integrating mm -hmm. it into our summits and, and things like that as well as trying to point out all the, the free and open competitions that are happening. Like Light Converse has a competition every year. Uh, they're Ukrainian-made, actually, yep. and they had a very interesting caveat last year, which was that no Russians may participate, which I thought was kind of a strong choice, but yeah. I get it. Yeah. When literally, bombs are dropping on your office I, where you're developing previous software. I, but totally the point was is that it was free and accessible. There's Carbon for Unreal is trying to do the same thing. I don't know if that's free or not for the competition. I don't know if they release a thing for it. Augmented has now come out on the EOS side. Great MA 3D has been around for a long time. There's a whole community of previs out there that even academia had not tapped into yet. Well, his, historically, I knew WYSIWYG and I knew Capture. Well, okay. and I, As I had names. to <laughs> beg slash cry and get Steve to purchase WYSIWYG for because it's expensive. School. It's very it's expensive. expensive. It's super inaccessible. I believe yeah. it was like five or six grand, and that's because it integrates a drafting suite along with a paperwork suite. Like so, that's a full right, suite right. program as opposed to something like Capture which is still expensive and some would consider inexpe uh, inaccessible, 
That doesn't really do drafting. It does, but I wouldn't. It does, but it doesn't, yeah. WYSIWYG does, and some of the larger shows on Earth are made in WYSIWYG for that reason. Well, well, hopefully we have time at the end. I want to ask the question of, like, what's the cheapest version? Like, what are those three versions? So so we'll get there. the decisions we made, because we're, we're, as you said, we're opening this previous suite to the public, to, to rentals, to students. But it went through several iterations, right? Yeah, this yeah. is not the first time we've had this. this we is actually our third office, and this is our first dedicated full space that could house five people in it. But you know, right? But yeah. we've set up. Um, there was a growth trajectory. Yeah, we've sure. set stuff up before. So well, and now your studio. I looked at it, and there'll be if it, if anyone's watching this or listening, uh, you can go to YouTube and and watch this. I also put some photos in the show notes. Um, but it looks like more than one person could be previsiting over there at a time. The, is that true? The goal, yes. yeah, the goal is to set this up eventually so that we've actually got two stations uh, set up, which is going to be really good because then we can like have one MA, one EOS, one you know we can have different consoles. Well, that's what I saw. You had an e- you had an ETC version and you had an MA. Version. Yeah, yeah. And, I think that um, you know as careers grow, you find yourself less reliant on one line of technology and uh-huh. needing to be a little bit more versatile. And I also really liked the communal aspect of having multiple shows in the same environment. I, I had a neat story. You know, ETC headquarters has their desks out, and they allow some previs time for certain shows. Most Broadway musicals now actually will previs specifically the New York specifically the ETC New York headquarters has a previs suite. Kitchen has a previs suite about four desks, I think. Yeah, which is available for various times and personnel, and you know, you can contact them about that. But and you uh, should if you're interested. You They're great to get to know. But it's all ETC. And, and Hog. Hog. And so oh, this sorry. was the interesting thing. Right, After Hog, they purchased Hog, I was doing some really, really small-time Hog gigs, and they'll still allow me, a relative nobody, to come in and, and previs on Hog using Light Converse. And so I sat down to do a heavy metal burlesque show out in Brooklyn, and behind <laughs> me sits the team from Freestyle Love Supreme, and they were prevising that Figuring the out their, time. their Ion and show so, file. Yeah, yeah, they'd have to take breaks while they tricked. And this was earlier, you know, this was years ago now, so earlier betas of Augmented running, and, and it was just a neat environment. So they take coffee breaks and watch me program a little metal song and then I'd take a coffee break and watch this new musical get made and so I really hope that we can kind of do the same thing and have rock and roll and musicals yeah. and different people sort of working in the same environment to, to previs because when, when I say previs I'm talking about I'm typing in lighting things and I'm seeing that happen live that's what mm-hmm. I mean by previs so when you're saying rendering because I know in Vectorworks which is where I rendered in grad school right. it was like I would build the set I would put the lights in I would turn them on one by one take mm-hmm. a photo of that so when i'm saying previs i'm thinking like you're thinking real time yeah real time yes and so for real time previs do i have to have a console no not necessarily not necessarily um i would say yeah don't be afraid to get started if you don't have a console having a console does make it a lot easier but almost any of these uh any like with ma3 with eos and with several others you can use the PC software, right. and you can spit uh, you can spit out uh, SACN or ArtNet directly to a visualizer, and at least locally, locally, yeah, and just and go from there. And most manufacturers, not all, but many of them, will allow for output to a visualizer for a lower or no cost. They'll make a VizKey or, or some sort of low cost or no cost option. So you can do your you know your twenty universe show on just a computer. They build in. Um, various fail safes. I think ETCs will blink every ninety yeah, seconds. Strobes. It has a built-in strobe function. Every yeah, two no, minutes, the screen will strobe at you, which is so you can't annoying. use it for a real <laughs> show. Uh, yeah. but that, that's, and, those are and the caveats. MA, I believe it's it's 
the three has a viz key, and I need to look at the rules. Yeah, for I don't know the rules yet. That recently, but it's similar. It's like the viz key would allow it to work on local networks, that kind of thing. Got so it. I have to look in that. Got anymore. it. But, okay. But you don't have to have a console. You're going to be stuck with your, you know, virtual keypads, and it's going to slow you down. But it's not a barrier to entry necessarily anymore. Right. Okay. And so then, what what do you need? Like, what is the hardware? So I ca- I could have a la- I could just use my laptop. Yeah. And then it, I need a monitor. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. It really does depend. So, so let me ahead. give you like two or three different versions of this. If okay. you are a student who has your laptop, which is the only piece of technology that you own because you have no money, you can run the console software and you can also run the visualizer in another window or on a, another monitor and you can do, you have to do. The networking gets tough. And that's kind of a little call out here in general. Previs requires kind of a predecessor for doing previs in most cases is having a decent understanding of computer networking yes which is why i have not been a previs person sure because but what though i've now learned that a switch and then you plug into it and that's a network so I feel like I've I, you're getting there. Component of networking, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm, I'm I think breathing. that unfortunately networking is a part of our job. Yes. And, it, and yeah. it's been a part of our job for longer than many people were willing to admit, but it's pretty foundational now. And and because of the scale of LEDs and the amount of universes the average show runs now, I mean, when I was 18, two universes was all That's all you could ever on need. the ion because you, that's just two sensor racks, right? Yeah. That's such an old <laughs> it's concept. Little, it's now, like eight sensor racks, you know. <laughs> It was outside of the realm of many people's mindsets, but now with the propagation of LEDs and video, so, the world so requires networking. I'm hearing that I need my laptop and or console, and then I need another computer to run that is the, the video? Is, that is the easier way to That's do easy, it. But it's not minimum. Minimum, but, again, when I did Hog Factor, it was Light Converse and Hog on the same monitor. That's it. On a laptop. Okay. A laptop. Okay. And, and, I, and you programmed a... a, a a significant thing. I programmed yes. a rock show yeah. Yeah, for LDI. Now, to be clear, this is a sucky workflow. It and took it's me, not it, fun. It took me and why, and why, why is it sucky? Is it because it takes long to render? No, no, no. It's instantaneous render. Well, I mean, you want to you bake at the end, usually, for clarity. Or is it because you're only using a keypad? But it's your keypad. You know, consoles are designed to speed up your workflow. They make you, know? you fast. Especially a console like the MA that speaks through touch more than command line. And like, the hardware is there to help you. So that's why I'd say my my upgrade version of you have a little bit of money and need to actually do some stuff is getting the command wing version of whatever your console is. So if you have a, if you get an ETC programming wing, you get an MA3 command wing, any of this stuff will make it so much better. Um, and then you can all of this console software will run on like a potato, right? And it, so you don't need a good computer to actually be the, the <laughs> console for most situations. Okay, do, no, that's good. At that's least good to, do to the know. Basic visualizers, the augmented, the MA3D, those things. Once you upgrade into Capture, Depends, like these these sort of client facing visualizers, then you might need a little well, bit more hardware. And that and that was my point here is that if yeah. you were moving into a multi computer setup, which is probably recommended, you can run the console stuff on a less good computer. But then having a uh, laptop or a PC with an actual graphics card and whatnot that you're actually running just the visualizer on, that's kind of the medium step and what will work for most people. If you're doing this at home, you're doing a small office, that's that will get you so far. Command wing, your laptop, and then like a good computer. Okay, okay. And then what you have here is... The full-blown thing. Correct. We are actually running the consoles themselves. So yeah. all that processing is happening on the actual console hardware. And then we are running into a 
pretty good computer. I actually have some upgrade plans, but well, and, uh, and, we're, and, we're, <laughs> and we need some upgrade plans because because now we're pushing the limits of what we're Correct. doing. I mean, I was starting to get some. What is the graphics card in our computer right now? I don't right know. now, we're running a. And this was a pandemic problem. We're running a 1660 Super, right. uh, so not which is good, it's, but it's not. Yeah. It's not the top um, of the line. It's not. And I think that as software, and this is just the nature of software development, yeah. they start accepting new minimums every year. Correct. Right? And they start pushing out. And so, like, Unreal Five is not going to work for us on this machine. You know, Unreal Four, sure. Unreal Five is going to get all janked. You, you just, yeah. okay. I disagree. Okay. Fair enough. But, but, I, but here's what I'll say to that is that I look at the carbon for Unreal competition that's happening right now. I'm seeing stuttering across the board. Oh, I yeah. know people have better. So it's not just the cards. It's optimization. It's software. It's optimization. It's how much you stuff into your yeah. But for all intents and purposes, yes, you can upgrade your hardware a little bit. Oh, but pretty yeah. much this is as best of a previous situation as you're going to find anywhere. We're rendering hundreds of lights in Carnegie Hall and art installations with no problems, you know, fully exported at, at high definition. Yes. Yes. We're having yeah. client communications on large scale rigs with this setup yes, yes. okay um, all right so now I just don't know previs but I know capture I've heard of WYSIWYG when I say no I've heard of these things to me that seems to be the component the component that you need the, the most or that's the part because I'm like ETC console I know that part yeah that I got so I'll talk a little bit about what we run and okay. then we can talk about what's like yeah because I've been yeah why don't you talk about what we have and then I can expand because I've done a lot of it, travel internationally and this is a big conversation especially in Europe okay. and around the world and, right now and actually actually, actually a question before we, we get to that one which is I assume the console's the console do any of these softwares can you plug them in like could I the, streaming ACN streaming ACN is the networking tool of the world Okay. Forget Artnet, forget any proprietary thing like MANet or ETs. Just forget it. I'm sorry, manufacturers, yeah, yeah. you're not as good. Okay. Streaming ACN runs the world. It runs the Olympics. It well, runs, and every lighting console that's real will will take and it. receive it. So this is how we do things at LDI when we have every major con- a console talking to that 100 moving light rig at the same time. Mm-hmm. When we have AVO and Campsys and ETC, they're all running streaming ACN. So okay. streaming ACN is how it's done. Yes. So whether it's Capture, Depends, or WYSIWYG, they all speak. So for ACN. for me. If I plug in an Ethernet cable into the back of the console, mm-hmm. it, it can go to any of these softwares. It's yes. not going to yes. matter. You've got to get your console settings right. You've got to get your software settings right. But SACN yes. is the way to go. Yes. Okay. Correct. All right. So what we run here is we run whichever console you choose. We primarily use Capture is our main tool. It puts out very nice looking renderings. They are client facing. They are capable of selling a show. We will usually draft in a different, we'll usually draft stuff up in Vectorworks and we'll bring it into Capture. We'll do textures and skins and edits in Capture. We do the white model in Vectorworks. Correct. Because texture transferring between these programs is not great. They're not like Cinema 4D or Bayonetta or any of these film rendering things. So it's best to think simply. Mm -hmm. So draft up a white model and then go in and use their drag and drop Lego-based texture. <laughs> texture tools. They're very easy to use, but it's best to do that kind of work. There. Now, that said, this gets back into what are you trying to get out of it? Yes. If you're just trying to get a programming tool, put the white model in and go to town. You know what your set's going to look like. You can just you point things where you need it. Um, but if the point is to sell it, then, yeah, you spend a little bit more time prettying it up in Capture. Um, and then you can also import the fixture positioning from Vectorworks. Right. You just have to check through and make sure that all of your fixtures are oriented correctly, and then you really get to town. And that can be for us as fast as if we've got a good render or a good model already, two hours to oh, get yeah. to a oh, to get sure. to a place where we can actually turn on lights and, and get going. Yeah, um, got it. And just just so I understand the workflow, so you open the capture file, and 
then you drag in the Vectorworks white model. Mm-hmm. Then you're taking the time to put the skins on, the textures, make it look like something. Mm-hmm. Then you're bringing in the rig yes. and yes. making sure it's all the right height, everything's panning and tilting the Correct. right way, and then you're ready to go. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's pretty much the process. That's you the process, it. yeah. Okay. So now that sounds very simple. It takes, it <laughs> yeah. takes Things some go wrong. Things, Things go wrong. wrong. Well, for sure. I, I mean, if I were to open a ca- up a capture file, I don't even know if I'm saying it right. You know, I'd have to figure out how to do all that. Well, and it's it's always whenever you transfer between software. In Vectorworks, I draft a white model based out of extrusions and then NURBS curves and then, you know, some other form of shape. One of those shapes is not going to translate. And that's like, ah, oh, I need to go, have back to go back and turn, this, turn it into a mesh. Turn it into something else and then it'll come in correctly. So if you're into so, 3D drafting, you'll know what yeah. all this means, but it basically means... <laughs> yeah. There's hiccups. Think simply and, yes. you know, do any advanced work in the final software you're going to end up using for sure. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then I'm also thinking like in files. So I'm thinking, well, I have a show file mm-hmm. and then there's the capture file. Are those two separate things? Yes. They are, but they communicate and they, they do link up. Like, you know, in all the software, we'll have varying degrees of how linked they are. For mm-hmm. instance, augmented and MA3D Is, can travel with the programming. Well, augmented. One. Is right. the EOS show file. So uh, that one is a little bit different. Of course, those aren't necessarily, depending on your clients, client facing. And so most client facing softwares do not communicate one to one. It's not the same file. However, they do interesting things. For instance, Capture has a process where you can create an executable out of the software that saves all the DMX of your queues. So you can actually hit go oh, in a presentation file and see not you only can images, it. you can see the, so it's so it's saving, it's almost like a DMX repeater. It, and also workflow-wise, yeah. is this something like you do the previs, then you go into the actual thing. Um, can you go between the two? Like say you have a venue that's constantly there mm-hmm. um, and you go into the real thing and then you make all these changes and then you have your show file and you take that back to the capture the capture would then be different? Would the capture be able to catch up, I guess? Well, it depends oh. on what you mean. If you just mean lighting, then yes, it's just listening. Yeah. But if you're adding new fixtures and yeah. whatnot, then, then you, you would to, have to yeah. go back into that capture file and change those. Oh, oh, I see. So like if you had added 10 fixtures, they just right. wouldn't be there in the capture file. Correct. Right. So you'd have to go and into capture, would, add them, patch them, yeah. and then it. it should be And easy. then it should be fine. But yeah. again, yeah. these are these are all softwares that are built for us, and so there are workflows for that. Um, capture has a, has a plotting and page system, so you could put different rigs on different pages. And so you can turn on your concert rig and you can turn on your theater rig and you can turn on your whatever rig if you're living in a space, for instance, mm-hmm. with a rep. And yep, like yep. turn on and off a floor package, turn on and off a front of house, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Awesome. Um, can I ask, I, I know you use Capture. That's it. That's all you use, yeah? Not really. Um, <laughs> it is our primary software Correct. because it's it's the perfect sweet spot. It's, well, and we've we've invested in it yeah. financially. We, so yeah, we, we chose to buy the yeah, because license. I, I think I looked it up. It's like... Six thousand, nine thousand dollars. No, it's not that much. Twelve hundred dollars. Right now, there, there was different. There was okay. Thank you. I did. I don't know. I lied. I looked up something else. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> well, that was WYSIWYG. WYSIWYG, I believe, is it, up in the yeah. six thousand. If somebody else wants to, it look might have been WYSIWYG. Yeah, but Wizzy, I believe Wizzy. the full symphony capture is twenty two hundred euro. Full symphony yeah. package of capture is twenty two hundred euro. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you know what? Actually, I want to get to pricing later because Kent, sure. yeah. Kent made a great chart. Okay, so what do you use besides Capture? So we also use, um, we'll also use MA3D for more like technical programming things. If sure. it's not a, if it's not client based and we just need to figure some stuff out, that's very quick. Right. And kind of the same thing with Augmented. I think we use Augmented more, it's really useful as a training tool because it does look pretty good and it really gives you an idea of how you're doing it, how it's actually going to look and you can work it all right in the file. So it's a much, I would say it's probably the most approachable 
of Maybe. all yeah. of these softwares, and there's lots of documentation. And I do think it's worth pointing out that one of our biggest shows was done in Augmented because we were working in a union house at Carnegie Hall. And yeah. so we weren't going to get any tech time. We had to we had to spend a week in pre-production with video and audio and everybody working together in time code to bring this rock show into a venue that doesn't really like rock shows. And we <laughs> well, they say they say they like rock you know. shows. Yeah, but but at the same time, they're not a, they're not a civic center. You know, Correct. they're not designed to bring a tour of that magnitude in. And so it's like you're going to get one day, and you're going to have the union as your programmers and all this. It's like okay, so we need to time code everything in advance. We need everything to talk. And we're going to load it into uh, an EOS platform. We're not yep. going to bring in an MA. We're not going to do it. So we got a very rough model of Carnegie Hall. I was able to draft something up in, in white model, get it into augmented, and that's how we did that whole show. So that wasn't client-facing. That was entirely about making that pre-production workflow yeah, happen. Correct. Absolutely. Um, and it was so extremely valuable. With augmented and Grand MA 3D, are those built into the consoles, or are those a separate software? Those... So uh, MA3D is built into... Well, there's two, actually. Yes, it's true. So MA has... You cover MA first. MA has a visualizer built in and has since the late 90s. Yes. Even in MA1, they had a very, very goofy stick-based, and it was was great. It was amazing. Uh, That still exists. They separated MA3D as a standalone software problem uh, program to get more visual fidelity. So there isn't any console visualizer. It's very, very rudimentary. Functional. And then there is a much more advanced full model, very yeah. similar output to... Got it. Um, so if I were to download Grand MA3 offline, yeah. it, would, it would have the simple It would have the simple software in it already. Yes. And then if I wanted to get a better a visualization, you download, I would download that program. MA3D is the name of that software. <laughs> Which is a little <laughs> okay. confusing now yeah. with MA3D. 3D. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's not great. Okay. But, um, <laughs> but augmented is built directly in. Console, you yeah. can run it on any yeah. EOS, not any, almost any EOS console, but it also has a separate tether program. So and you can is, run that separately on a computer and get better fidelity, better performance. And these are the two consoles we use in-house, but most consoles are integrating some form of visualizer these days. Campsys has, has one. Has one. Uh, Campsys has, is, I saw Campsys is an LDI for, like, I did a workshopping thing. Theirs is good, I think. Yeah, yeah and Avo is really impressing everyone with their with their new desk, the D9, and it's visualizer. It has built I'm in, fairly certain it has built-in video capability in yes. the visualizer as well. And yes. so, like, they're doing a step above the built-ins, for nice, sure. Nice, nice. Well, so, that's good to hear. So it, if you're an Avo designer, you might not need capture. Well, it's I'm so funny because Avo, I feel like in my life, like I loved Avo, like right when I got out of grad school, I was like, okay, decent. I, I like f- the workflow. And then it sort of disappeared from my they life don't for have a while. Market penetration. And then, and then, here. And yeah. then like the last year or so, I've been hearing yeah. people say, Avo, Avo. And I'm like, what is going yeah, on? They have a really great, and I don't know if you can publish <laughs> photos or something, but like if you just go to the Avo website, you can see the visualizer. That is better fidelity than I'm seeing out of anybody else's in, in-house video. Like, yeah. Right out of the desk. Yeah. Kind yeah. of, kind of I'll have to ask their permission to see if oh. I can share that. But if not, yeah. go to avo.com or whatever. Um, Okay, so Grand MA, Augmented 3D, and Capture, what you use. But there are other programs. There are. Like I've mentioned WYSIWYG. Have you ever used that and or So I know it's going to piss Steve off, but I never used it after he purchased it Okay, so Steve was our professor in in grad school. So I know who Steve is. You know who Steve is. So I begged him. And one of the reasons I begged him was because... Cavalia had come through Dallas at that time, and I got a backstage tour, and they did everything in WYSIWYG, and then I started learning, like, okay, so if I want to work internationally, I need to learn the software. And I did, but then I couldn't afford it, and no one in New York was using it, right? So it's not really being used over here. It's still being used in Europe by a lot of major tours, but I just went to several conferences over in Europe in the last two years. There's been an interesting shift in what is being visualized and what software is being preferred in those worlds. 
Everyone tried Unreal and Unity during the pandemic. And I can talk a little more about yeah. that after you're done. And when I say, yeah, so I'm, I'm pulling in an international perspective here. So Ken, please take, take everything you've heard from USITD and all these other domestic conferences. Just, I just think it's valuable to, to understand both. And when I say everyone, I mean every Royal Opera House, you know, Sweden, Denmark, you know, Germany, all the Royal Opera Houses, uh, the Olympics, uh, you know, all these larger sort of more global focused or, uh, organizations and large scale shows, they've all been previsiting for years. And so during the pandemic, they took their downtime and they decided to try Unity and Real. Almost all of them came to the conclusion that those are not ready for our industry. And that makes sense. These are game engines. These are, these are advanced rendering engines. They require a lot of work. And every other solution you're going to hear about today, Capture, WYSIWYG, Depends, all, they, they were made for us, right? And so they're functional and fast. Unity and Unreal are not. They create beautiful images, but they're so slow. And so they might only be relative for a creative environment for a while. And by slow, you mean slow to work in. Slow to they're, work in, Yeah, yes. correct. They're, they, there's a massive barrier to entry to getting into those softwares. Because right? I've seen Unreal is the one I see on YouTube and stuff with like well, just amazing visuals. Now, yes. And yeah, I'm, I'm, but I'm seeing lighting stunning. rigs in there. And, and yes. Carbon for Unreal is a piece of software. It is not Unreal. It's Carbon for Unreal. And they are trying to bridge the gap. It and is a, it's stress. a plug-in. It is a plug-in for Unreal. And they're doing great work. There's a competition right now. It's worth taking a look and seeing it. I've, I'm seeing a lot of my favorite designers working in it. They're giving it a try. But that's exactly what all these opera houses, they all gave it a try and said, this isn't fast enough yet. So it's coming. But for now, most of those major houses I'm talking about have gone back to either Capture or Depense. Depense being the more expensive because it also does fire, water effects, lasers, fountains. Like fountains. You'll see Depense gets used in Vegas. Depense gets used in, in giant facilities. You know, mm-hmm. If you want to show your laser show to the Prince of Abu Dhabi, you're going to be using Depense to do that. Got it. Um, but then Capture is also, Capture is the much, it's the sweet spot for us, and I think it's the sweet spot for a lot of arts organizations. Yeah, uh, got it. But yes, okay. WYSIWYG still exists, Depends exists, Unity and Unreal are being used a little bit, but mostly in an experimental way right now. Augmented is actually built in Unity. Well, there you go. Yeah. So that is, that is based so that, off again, of the Unity. So that's the carbon for Unreal, Augmented is the capture for unity like it's 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 lighting software not rendering and we actually spent some time in unreal and specifically capture Mm -hmm. or sorry carbon for unreal very early in the beta so we'll have to go back at some point but yeah i had i spent probably a week making models and bringing stuff in and getting consoles to actually talk to it and what i got out of it is better than any Previs I've ever done anywhere. It looked gorgeous, real time at 60 FPS. For sure, it was gorgeous. It took me a week to get there for a project that wasn't actually real. Right. So that's kind of where I'm at. The value add isn't quite there yet, but it's coming. It yeah. is coming. So got it. Okay. Interrupting the show to let you know that we are giving away three hours at the Sovereign Candle Collective Previs Studio. If you have a project coming up that could benefit from some previs or if you'd like to practice programming, or if you just want to spend some time in the studio right next to Madison Square Garden, all you have to do is email me at artisticfinancepodcast at gmail.com. Let me know what you plan to use your previs time for. I'll be picking one person to get that three-hour time slot. Again, email me at artisticfinancepodcast at gmail.com. I'll give you one week to do that, so email me before our next episode. Before we get back to the show, I do want to mention our previous guests who were nominated for Drama Desk Awards this week. Greg Barnes for Some Like It Hot, Cha C for On That Day in Amsterdam, 
Cha was part of our episode in Tagalog. Ken Billington was nominated for New York, New York. Kate Hevner was nominated for Between the Lines. And Cookie Jordan for The Piano Lesson. And of course, my favorite nominee, Heather Gilbert, who hasn't been a guest on the show, but is an artistic finance patron. Now, besides the fact that our patrons are being nominated for Drama Desk Awards left and right, people join our Patreon to keep artistic finance on the air. This is the only podcast in existence in which theater and entertainment professionals chat about personal finances and the business of the business. I challenge you to find another show like this because it doesn't exist. Finances within arts careers are a seldom discussed topic, and that's why this show is needed. So if you find this valuable and you want me to continue discussing these things in a public forum, please consider becoming a patron. You will get a private podcast feed with early releases and bonus content. Recently, patrons have been getting Drama Desk Award nominations. Those aren't guaranteed. But if you would like access to those things and you want to support the show, sign up at patreon.com slash artistic finance. You can join on a monthly or annual subscription. Levels start at $5 a month. And you do that at patreon.com slash artistic finance. And now, back to the show. I was going to ask about the Grand MA 3D to jump back. That's a separate piece of software. Do you MA3D. have to purchase MA 3D? Do you have to purchase that? Or, okay, that's free if you have a console, I guess. No, it's free for anyone who works with MA on PC as well. Oh, okay, I'll gotcha. Yep. Okay, gotcha. Um, Unity, okay, so I'm just, I just want to list these also. I know Capture, Augmented 3D, Grand MA 3D, WYSIWYG, Light Converse? Mm-hmm. Light Converse that's is the on name here of it. Because, yeah, and so Light Converse is, you know, it's Ukrainian made. It's it's going through some tough times. Like their their support, you can't always pick up the phone. Yeah, but of uh, but they're cool, and they've been around for a long time. They've been they're they're one of the originals. They have a okay. good product. And Hog and them have been working together for a long time because of that. So Hog didn't have a built in visualizer, and they used to recommend or at least use Light Converse. They would use Light Converse in their demos. They'd use Light Converse in LDI. I don't know if they ever formalized that deal, but it also ended up in ETC headquarters as the visualizer. If you were like, hey, I need to do a show on Hog, they'd set up Light Converse yeah. for you. I'm um, not sure where their pricing is at at the moment, but, no it, <laughs> but, it was, but it was historically, I think, pretty competitive. I think so, it was yeah. under Capture. I think it, well, and because its output yeah. was a little bit oh, well, more towards the programming side, a little less towards the client side. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know Hog is now ETC, but right. back 10 years ago, I was looking at buying a console for like all these small gigs I was doing, sure. and I priced out Hog versus ETC, and Hog was cheaper. Well, yeah. I was very lucky because of that com- uh, the competition I won a Hoglet. So I came to nice. New York with an eight output, you know, <laughs> or like a six output little device that was way better than the average Ion at the time because yeah. nobody upgrades. And, you know, yeah. Of course. And I say way better, just had more outputs. It's not way better. No, but, but more outputs is, well, outputs, it's less important if doing, now. If you're doing but, field work, it's very important. If you're yeah. doing a six hour setup, you know, with cables running everywhere, exactly. Yeah, get it done. Okay, so yeah. then Depends, you mentioned, uh, then Unreal Engine. And Unreal, I think, is one people recognize as like a film people use it. Or I mean, video, it's, it's video made for video gaming. games, but, oh, gaming. It, but it video greatly games, yeah. expanded into all realms of 3D in the past mm-hmm. year. Yeah, um, it's, okay. It's exploded, for sure. And okay. film is really picking it up, especially with Point Cloud and all the you know 3D f- photography people are doing. I'm, I'm seeing some really amazing stuff out of yeah. Unreal 5 in particular. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, okay, then Unity. So Unity is just a game engine. So there have been some stuff like Augmented that's been built on top of it, but it doesn't natively have like entertainment lighting. Right, you have to make it all yourself. You have to make and, it all yourself. And that's true in Unreal 2 until you pay for carbon. You know? Correct. And so, that's, so here's the other thing. Both of these softwares are free. 
Unreal and Unity can be downloaded. You can download the SDK. You can start developing. They only charge you if you try to sell a product. Correct. Um, but Carbon is not free. <laughs> Carbon is going to be probably very expensive. When you expensive. say sell a product, being like... If you download Unreal Engine, develop a game, and then sell that game, oh, you are obligated to they pay like them a licensing. Okay, but if I were to download Unreal, put in my little theater rig... Program my lighting cues and then leave. Until you You're... export and sell software, they don't care. They don't care. Okay, interesting. Okay. So um, it's pretty interesting in that regard. They want people developing pretty pictures with it, so they're not going to stop you. They really only make money off the sale of software. Okay. So once you're selling software that runs on, and this is why Carbon is charging money. So like, I, you can look up the deal. Carbon's at least got to be going somewhere close to the market rate deal. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it's 20%, it's 30%. It's something relatively high. Yeah. Last time I looked at it. So that okay. plays into the cost of Carbon. Got it. Yeah. Um, okay, and then you mentioned Campsys and Avo have their own visualizers. Which I know very little about. Yeah, which I don't, but I'm just mentioning them because I they know exist. that, again, Avo's very public now with the D9 and everything. I, I don't think I've looked, and I apologize to Chave, uh, at their visualizer. Yeah, Avo has a different, I believe, has an outside visualizer baked in, and I don't remember what it is. Okay. I mean, it, it doesn't matter. But, I'm just. Wondering what all the options are. And then somebody, I was telling them I was going to come talk about Previs. They said Vectorworks Live. Is, is that a thing that exists? No. Okay, you're both shaking your head. Good. Well, I mean, well, I, I know that I can put a set in there and I can turn on lights one by one. And then there is even a way to like record a scene. And, but they've never had what we would consider live programming, moving lights. Yeah. Like it's never been an animated piece of software. And okay, great. I mean, I think if you guys haven't heard of it, then... Yeah, and just to, like, gut check me, I search Vectorworks Live, I don't get a problem. No, I so, did I did the same thing. So, you know, if there's something new I don't know about, and I know that they've been partnering with Twinmotion and Lumion and all these other softwares to try and get, just like they used to partner slash still partner with ESP Vision and these yeah. other things to get that sort of functionality. In fact, for a while they were packaging Vision with the software. I don't know if they still do that, but... Um, I don't actually know. Yeah, it, it never to me it never worked as well as these other standalone programs. Right. So mm-hmm. I yeah. kind of skipped it. I kind of skipped Vision and just went right to like Converse or Capture. Yeah. Well, I mean, part of this conversation is that I'm trying to figure out what I want to do, and I of think course, yeah. I think augmented is sort of where I'm going to like start. You I know, mean, there's no just reason because... not to start with augmented. You're an ES programmer that comes from your world. But the, I did once have an illegal version of Capture back in 2000. <laughs> I'm just going to be honest. 2011, somebody downloaded it to my computer because they were good with computers. And, and the, the 2000s it, were the age of piracy. It, it yeah. was super cool. Yeah, it was normal. It was it was regular back then. <laughs> yeah, Vectorworks Vision is technically a live rendering okay. program, um, which I think we actually have a license for. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> but so that, we don't use it. ESP Vision. And so, yeah, we haven't used it. And I don't think we've used it because we get so much better response time and activity out of everything else. Yeah. Maybe we'll give yeah. it a shot. But uh, well, that's why, like, with my vector works, it's like I have render works, etc. I prop maybe I have the vision package. I don't know, but it's like it I, is I, a I don't. I don't use. Oh, it's a separate license. I was yeah. like, I don't use half of what it is. Like, right. I just need my left plots. Right. And that, um, and that's the thing. It's the right tool for the right job. And so that's why we chose Capture. It was the right tool for the right job. If we were doing a lot of lasers and effects and water features, we would have bought the pens. Yeah. So it's you, you should value engineer out whatever you want to do. And if you're doing it for yourself. Augmented M A three D. If it's going to enrich you, then go free. Yes. You know? Yeah. If you're well, you know. I, I'm just thinking like me. I can't. I can't draw. I can't. Rendering in Vectorworks takes a long time. Yes. And so I'm like, what is something when I say, oh, they're going to be standing down center in a strong backlight or a blue? Like I just yeah. want to be able to quickly be like, like that. Augmented in M A three D are going to yeah. be very easy to get those concepts across. Yeah. Um, okay. Are there any others that I haven't mentioned? I'm sure there are more out there. There's always more, but, but I don't think there's but any. We've that we mentioned need to all the big. Those are the big ones. The ones we've listed here also have competitions. So 
you can immediately like look up the light converse converse competition the, yeah you know yeah um, yeah you know there's an instagram account out there that i don't know but they recreate broadway lighting cues oh really it's oh like, yeah i've seen this. i love whoever this is i love it so much yeah this dude builds them all i, I so capture or augmented i'm not sure huh. which but he just he's like Played around with a built Hamilton before there was the file yeah. for yeah. Hamilton. So he just, he just, he just yeah. builds these, and it's like, yeah, this is fun. Yeah. 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 Like, re-cues no, them out. No, I've been seeing some crazy <laughs> stuff. I, I, I can't remember his name, but I've talked about him a couple times since we got the collective started. This, he's this Israeli designer, and he just puts the most bonkers renderings out of Light Converse every year in the yeah. L.A. Conver- uh, Converse. Like, megazords covered in thousands of lights like things that'll never get made but are just really really out there and insane to watch yeah. they're all on YouTube well and I think that's the other like we've talked so much about making things that you can like sell or that you can the visualizers are also just an amazing way to have a creative concept and build things that you can't build and I've had people come to me I've got a file in there where someone's like so if we actually were able to get this million dollar grant <laughs> what could we what could we do and I was like Give me three hours. I'll build something and, you know, maybe you can show this and, like, it'll help. So you can build stuff that'll never actually happen. Right. Um, which is right. just really fun and it's really enriching. Because I know a lot of, um, I mean, at least I did, and I think a lot of people, a lot of students have, uh, they're like, oh, a sh- you know, a show, it's got 20 moving lights. I don't know if I can, like, do that. It's, like, a lot of data to manage. And you're like, build it. Yeah. Build it and do it. Yeah. Like, um, that's like the best way to... Well, one way I realized yeah. I was out of touch with Previs was last summer I was looking for somebody to cover me for two days of tech where I couldn't be at this. It was it was a musical summer camp. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, I'm looking for somebody local to just come the one day I'm not going to be there and, and cover it. And they said, well, I'm not available that day, but I'm really good to 3D uh, with like like previsiting so like i can just put your rig into this we can write all the cues we know they're good and then we're good and i was like okay well i, I want somebody on site so no <laughs> but what the heck you can do that in yeah. like four yeah. hours like he was so confident yeah. that he could just bang it out and, and, and we've had some people visit our space in the last two years especially our previous office and do that and yeah you know there are all kinds of reasons why the on-site time is not going to work out mm-hmm. and previs is always been a part of that process honestly opera i I just did an opera down in just did it was one year ago exactly i did an opera down in florida and it rained out most of my tech i have some hilarious front of house photos of everything just covered in tarps and me just wet designer waiting on waiting on things to dry but i had already pre-programmed the entire opera so yes i lost 70 percent of my tech time i was okay the show went up it looked pretty good yeah, you know, <laughs> but the other, some other stuff we've had come in here. We've had people come in and update touring show files yeah. for new um, for new spaces when they know that it's going to be. They're still loading in at eight in the morning. We've had people do actually like trainings and other stuff, but remotely. I think that maybe is something you said you wanted to ask about was like um, was like remote access to things or whatnot. Oh yeah, well so, yeah. So can yeah. you do that? <laughs> yeah, and we have uh, actually because uh, Brandon did this. He had a. Michael, a programmer that we know, come in and work on a show that he wasn't able to be here for, but they had the model in, um, I think they just did it in Augmented, they had the model in Augmented, and they zoomed, mm-hmm. and they built a whole bunch of cues oh, for, zoom, for of four course. hours. Right, so, so the, yeah, you're just sharing the capture screen He just shared the, the, ca- shared the capture screen, and they programmed a, a whole bunch of cues yeah. for four hours, and then they had that ready to go. Got so. it. Well, we're we're out of time. Oh no! Which, which, so, but I want to ask uh, <laughs> about the pricing, just because you put that all together. Yes. So, yeah. so can you just go through it? Because um, and really all the all the parts. Because I'm I'm just trying to figure out what are all the parts. Which is like you need the console slash the laptop that's going to have the offline software. Mm-hmm. Then you need your previs computer. 
and then you obviously need monitors, and that's about it. <laughs> yeah, so it helps to be um, a little bit like uh, computer minded. You can save a lot of money by building your own computer. So the what we have in here, I, I tallied up like the parts and whatnot for this one, and it was like it was like fourteen hundred bucks. It's actually not that expensive. Punching way above its... It's way... For, for the computer that's rendering. Yeah. Correct. For to, the computer that's rendering. To buy it at market. 2K? To buy it at market pre, pre-assembled or, or whatnot, yeah, you'd be paying 2K or $2,500. So you can okay. save a ton of money if you've got the time by spending some time on, on YouTube and reading some stuff and buying the parts yourself and putting it together. Some people are never going to do that. I will never do that, and which that's is, which okay. Which is why I was like, "What is the market? Two K, two So you, know, you can buy you can buy pre-builds, and there is no shame in doing that. And some people will say, uh, "Whatever, just do it." <laughs> and if you are looking to buy something for a um, for a more like institutional place, and there's reasons to do that too. You um, PCs are hard because you want like warranty and support on them, but a lot of times when you're getting into these specialized machines, yeah. it's really hard. One place I would recommend, and I've done this for um, a studio in New York, is by from um, Puget Systems. There's a couple of integrators who do professional um, builds out of consumer parts, um, but then uh, provide support, documentation, and whatnot. So when you buy a lighting console, you expect to be able to call the manufacturer and be like, hi, this is broken. And you don't get that with a lot of... If you buy a Lenovo, they're going to say, well, why'd you break it? Got it. And okay. so you can actually get that support, but it costs money. <laughs> all right, interjecting this question to say, are pretty much all these softwares Mac or PC? No. No. So um, <laughs> you're with pretty much across the board, if you've got a computer that's going to be visualizing as a dedicated machine, you want that to be a Windows machine. We run a, we run a Windows oh, 10. No, this is disappointing to hear. Okay, but that said, if you can do a lot of stuff, augmented will run on um, on Mac, okay. um, and there's augmented. Okay, my choice really, is augmented. Your Got choice it. is augmented on. But Mac. but I could I, use my Mac, and then I could buy a separate computer with correct. capture. Yes, if I yes. And, to and again, because streaming ACN is a universal language that runs on everything, that's how you bridge the gap. And yeah. so, if you really want your Vectorworks to be on Mac, you never want to touch PC with it. Fine, don't just just bring it to a capture machine, bring it to some other machine. I think that it is an unfortunate reality that Mac's development process is slightly more closed than an open Windows environment, and so yeah. there is more software available on Windows. Doesn't mean it's impossible, yeah, but yeah. especially if your previs eventually goes beyond yourself and goes into team building. Yes, if you're going to be integrating with audio and video and and all these other people, you really need to make the switch to Windows to be more accessible to your entire team i run all my personal stuff mac and yeah. all of my business stuff windows so i ha- have to bridge both worlds because you, you just have to that said when you're integrating audio and this is something we haven't talked about and is worth a quick second okay yeah it is is audio mm-hmm. uh and whatnot but like we have a mac in there for running uh, audio playback for running some video light video right. stuff because you sometimes there is video and audio that's only mac Sometimes you need to get that in there. But also, it's a good platform for you need to interject some of this stuff into um, into renderings. A lot of times you'll need video, and you can map this stuff. In a lot of this software, you can map a video surface, um, and it can be really important. The one thing I want to say with audio is we have a full audio interface and a uh, SMPTE gateway and some other stuff there, because if you're working on something, if you're pre something that's on a click track, 
Mm-hmm. You like have to have that in yeah. order to actually make sure that it works. So if you're working in things that are time coded, which would be uh, theme parks, which would be a lot of live music yeah. um, and whatnot. A lot of tours run click track time code through Ableton. And that's, yeah. that's again, that kit weekly. So we had a Windows machine, but the Ableton programmer was working off Mac. Yeah. And so he'd had Ableton sending click track, sending time code through a network to Windows machines. So it's yeah. not as simple as one size fits all. And there's a whole world of software on the audio side that we probably shouldn't even talk about. But. Yeah, let's not. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but when you said people working together, you know, video and sound, mm-hmm. are you implying that there could be a capture file in which a projection person is projecting and the lighting person is doing the lighting at the same time? Yes. Or, yes. And, yeah. and that's, yes. And, uh, and audio is piping in yeah. there. Well, uh, yeah. And that's, that's what we've had to do on several projects because it all needed to speak to each other. And we were, yeah. we were not just doing the lighting programming. We're doing the systems engineering. Yeah. We're doing the entire signal flow for this large projection to, to happen. And the visualizer is telling us that it's working. And just Got as it. SACN is the universal like lighting, uh, you know, transmission, there are other standards for video like NDI and a couple of other things that you can pipe and should, in some cases, video into these pre-visualization right. suites so that you can actually see that your video is lining up with your mm. with and your these lighting. limitations will also help you make your decision because again. The like built-in visualizations, MA3D and, and augmented, don't do that. They don't take video inputs. Not yet. They've been saying they're going to take <laughs> I'm not willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm sorry. Produce it or it's not a real thing. So, no, they don't. Yeah. The people that do use different software. That's all there is. So if you know you're going to need to pipe video in and show a client, well, then you need the hardware to support an NDI input from whatever Resolume computer or whatever is giving you video. All right. I'm going to jump back to pricing. Yeah. So yeah. we need a computer. Mm-hmm. List price, 2500 but the way Kent does it, 1500 15 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you need you need monitors and other stuff. So we always, our, our like typical station will have two touchscreen monitors. The best ones on the market currently are the Dell P2418HT because companies are great at naming things, but that is the best one. (laughs) Um, And those are um, not cheap. Touchscreen monitors run, um, they're almost at this point exclusively available in 1080p, um, and they run from $300 to $450. So they're expensive. Yeah. I mean, that's the computer. You need uh, another computer or a console, and then, um, which we've talked about, and then. The other thing would really be having um, like programming wings, and we use those for all of our EOS setups. Um, they're well worth it, and by far the most cost-effective way of getting a control surface. Okay, so you can be fast. Um, you have assorted audio on here. I do, and that and covers an audio interface, a whole bunch of cables. We have a SMPTE gateway. And so I can't. So stuff. I can't just play something on iTunes. I mean, you could if you just want to hear it. But I couldn't. But it, I can't channel that into capture. <laughs> um. Yeah. Correct. And I don't think Capture really supports audio. It's not oh, really okay, an audio okay. program. But this no. or the, video. I cannot run a video. And you can. But again, it's what is your what is your desired outcome here? Is it just to get audio into Capture? Just to listen. Well, to I'm it, just or curious is it to get time code to your programming because that's what yeah, you actually time code is. Time, so thinking. time code is generated and handled by audio software. Okay, all right. Generally speaking, that's not handled by any other software. Mm-hmm. There Got is it. some internal time code, like MA provides an internal time Correct. code. And I've ETC used that. has an internal ETC time code. ETC has an internal. So you can get the time code from that source. Syncing up the audio to that, 
you got to get clever. You, yeah. there, there are several small pieces of software out there that do it for you, and so when you hit go, they'll play. Got you know, it. They'll listen to the time. Okay, code. so for me, it's like yeah. I'm just thinking lighting, so I'm not going to worry about the audio. Part. I wouldn't worry about audio until you need to until worry need about to. audio, yeah, right. and then um, yeah. Okay, and then this yeah. gateway. What is that about? So what this is is if you've seen um, if you've seen like a large. Uh, musical or anything with a click track, uh, they will have a SMPTE gateway. So SMPTE is a timecode um, standard, and it's actually an analog audio signal, and it sounds like screaming pigs, I think is probably the yeah, most appropriate horrifying. way. It's horrifying. Yeah. Um, but it's a, it's an analog di- uh, signal that can be interpreted by this gateway. Some consoles have it built in. Um, I was, yeah, I was about to say, it's on this list because EOS needs the gateway. It's not built in. Mm, Correct. Okay. MA has it built in. But so. it turns this into a network um, signal that you can then read from any console on the network. Okay, and that's only for audio or that's for... That, going from console to capture. That is so. That is only to get the time code from your audio playback okay. into your lighting console. Yeah. Okay, so I don't have to worry about that gateway. Correct. Perfect. Unless you're doing a time coded <laughs> show. Unless you're doing a time coded um, show. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Okay, so this. Sorry, has, this is like super technical and no, hard to like no, pull some of the stuff. No, out. No, I know. But. Hence me not having done it, but actually talking <laughs> this all out, I'm like, oh, this is very manageable. I right. could totally do this. Right. And honestly, what I took away was I already have one laptop. Really, I just would need another laptop. And then there's a world in which I could at least do a basic augmented or something. Or even just a multi-monitor setup. I know that my Microsoft service can do two monitors, and so that's all I really need. And especially because it's touchscreen built in. So, like, there's a world in which you don't even need a second computer. Yeah. It's all just done through loopback IP addresses. All right. Well, this is amazing. I have learned so much. I'm sorry if we and dropped jargon. I feel like you might need a No, no, a, a no. Little the, no, I am the perfect person <laughs> because I was like, okay, I'll clarify that one. I won't clarify that one because I feel like that one's doable or, or, or everyone knows, you know. So, no, this was this was awesome. And I have a lot more questions, but we're out of time. So, um, is there, there's the last question I want to ask you, which is really just since you guys previs. What is a tip or trick that you can share with other people who are previsiting that you've learned, like shortcut or something? The the most basic one is, and I think Luther said it earlier, keep it simple in terms of if you don't need to add that like detail and whatnot, don't do it. Um, just keep things simple, especially if you're running on software or on hardware that maybe doesn't have the most power. Anything you can do to not bring in a, uh, you know, 20,000 polygon model into your poor computer if it could really just be rendered with four walls. Keep it simple. But um, you had some color stuff we were talking about well, earlier. I, I, think, I think it's important to realize that these software engines usually don't account for real-world physics. Yes. So the two things that are going to really throw you off is color rendering and movement speed. And so your colors will be wrong. Accept that. Yes. Plan to work in palettes because, you know, and, and do not try to key in 100 colors in your visualizer to a t- It's just, it's not going to it. work. Yeah. Unless you're really trying to communicate with a client who needs to see it, so be it. But just know you're going to have to redo those on site. Yeah. The engine is not going to be color correct, period. So work in broad strokes. In addition, those colors are not going to render at the right brightness. They're just not. They're getting closer, but red is always wrong. It's going to show you these big, bright red beams. You're not going to get them. You might not even see those beams. Yeah, red know? is like the so, pain of my existence red is in, in real life. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, so that's and then the, the the fixture movement. It you might get the VL thirty five hundred wash fixture in your rendering agent. It has no idea how slow that fixture moves. So it's going to have it move at zero seconds. And you're going to plan your song or your bumps or whatever on that VL making that move. Yeah, so then we black then, out for half a second and then there's a big... Can't. No, it won't do it. So you need to be aware of the physical realities of your fixtures. The yeah. software ain't going to do that for you. 
And another one that I've seen um, is linked to like frame rates and whatnot. As soon as you get into strobing or other stuff, it's probably also, not yeah. going to render properly. Most yeah. rendering engines will go anywhere between 15 and 45 frames per second, and you're just not going to get an actual representation of strobing or quick uh, so, changes yeah. in a previs. So all these things, I take a note of when I'm prevising, so I know that they have a checklist when I get to site. Yes. All right, I need to check these colors. These are the seven strobe hits that have to be on the beat, you know, like, and, and I can start checking and then tight keying those in and making sure they're palletized in the programming nice and clean so that once I update it, we're good. Yeah, strobes are so fast. If you have a hit, it might fall between frames. Right. You might not even see it in a visualizer. Yeah. Yeah. So. Amazing. All right. Well, what I took away from that was keep it simple. Yeah. Keep it and simple. I, and also, we sort of glossed over it, but put everything in palettes. Yeah. Like, yes. That's, Clean uh, programming is still the key. Right? Yeah. You know, the visualizer is not going to make your life easier. Yeah. Yeah. Because yes. I, because I, in re in real life, I'm afraid to say this on air out loud, <laughs> but I'm what I call a slam it in programmer. <laughs> and like, I, I make my palettes to start with. Yeah. And then there's this little make absolute function in EDC. <laughs> and I don't want to, and I'm like, I don't want to accidentally, like I lock the palettes, but I don't want to mess them up. So then I'll hit make absolute before I hit record because I'm like, I don't want to accidentally mess up the palette. Here, here's a great benefit of previs is that it does give you more time to actually it's be, um, to be fastidious about your programming. Yeah. And if you're you know, on site, you never have time to do that. You're like, it needs to save now here. You can be like, this is going to be a problem. And, and Let's solve was, it. You know, we talk about rock and roll and stuff, but that was a huge benefit for my opera process. It was like, I'm going to commit to a color palette on this show. So once those 20 palettes are keyed in, I can just spend an hour on site making those 20 palettes right. And then I really am not slamming in color in the moment, unless something's really awful. And then it's just like one scene. Okay, then I'll make one more. It saves you but time if you're doing it right. There's less slamming in if you can commit to that conceptual idea that you showed the director and that you've sort of like landed on. Amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, this was awesome. Thank you both so much. Yeah. And uh, I guess everyone tune back in for when you guys are back on the show. Okay. To talk more about the collective and ethics and all that jazz. Well, might need so. more coffee first. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for this week's episode. Now, my takeaways are that there's quite a few free options out there. Now, since this episode was recorded, I have been watching ETC training videos on Augmented 3D, which is the built-in version. Now, you may know that five weeks ago, Nicole and I had a baby named Theo. Now, the thing you may not know about babies is that you have to be up every three hours to feed them, which means you have an hour every three hours in which to do something. And so what I've been doing at 3 a.m. with Nicole is watching ETC tutorials on YouTube. Those tutorials are very helpful, and I think I'm ready to start putting together a previs file. Now, the other thing I learned is that you don't need another computer to start previs. Yes, for better graphics and for speed, you're going to need to upgrade. You're also going to need to buy more software, and it would be nice to have a lighting console. But you can start right now with a single computer, aka there's no need for uh, complicated networking or extra gear. All right, if you have questions or you're interested in renting the Sovereign Candle Collective Previs Studio, Email previs at sovereigncandle.com. That's P R E V I Z at sovereigncandle.com. If you want to win a free three hour session in their previs suite, all you have to do is email me at artisticfinancepodcast at gmail.com and say what you'd like to spend your time in the suite doing. Now you have one week to email me, so get me before our next episode releases. I'll be picking the winner by then, so make sure to hit me up if you are in New York and you have a need for a previous station. 
I hope this show was useful to you. It certainly made me realize I need to take a bit of time and set up a 3D file for prepping shows. It also made me realize that I too can previs. There's no reason for me not to be doing it. If you learned anything today that's going to help you with your previs setup or help you programming, please let me know out on the socials. Everywhere that's at Artistic Finance and on LinkedIn, I'm Ethan Steimel. One last request by me before I end the show, and that is if you find value in listening to this show, consider helping me continue it by supporting me in a way that's convenient for you. You can do one of these following things. Subscribe or follow the show on any podcast app. Subscribe on our YouTube channel. Tell somebody about the show. That's the number one thing you can do. Leave a comment on social media and tag us at Artistic Finance. And of course, my favorite way of supporting the show is by helping me produce it by becoming a patron. Patrons pledge 5 or $10 a month and get a private podcast feed. Sign up at patreon.com slash artisticfinance. Thank you for listening. That's it for today. Until next time, break a leg. Thank you for listening to Artistic Finance. Make sure to subscribe. To access our show notes, transcripts, or resources, go to artisticfinance.com. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any decision, consult a professional. This show is copyrighted by Artistic Finance. Written permission must be granted before syndication or rebroadcasting.